have you ever wondered just how smart those so-called trash pandas are? Talking about the raccoons you might see in your back alley, in your yard, in your garbage can. If you have and you are interested in helping out and helping out finding the answer to just how smart they are, you could play a very important role in some research being done at UBC. Joining us now to talk more about this and what UBC researchers are hoping for is Hannah Griebling, a PhD student in the Animal Behavior and Cognition Lab at the Department of Forest and Conservation Sciences, UBC. Hannah, thank you so much for being with us. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, this is a bit of a different one. We don't often talk about people uh, asked, being asked to volunteer their time uh, to find out the IQ of trash pandas. So what is this all about? <laughs> yeah, it is unique, certainly. Um, yeah, so we're really just asking if uh, people would be willing to um, volunteer their backyards um, for us to set up um, cognitive testing devices for wild raccoons to potentially interact with. And that allows us to measure the uh, raccoon's cognitive abilities in the wild. And why do you want to know about that? Yeah, we're super interested. Um, it's, it's actually very interesting because uh, raccoons are historically pretty understudied. We think of them as these really common animals that we see quite a bit around, um, but we don't actually know a lot about them, um, other than the fact that they can sometimes be a nuisance. And so um, what we're really interested in is learning a lot more about raccoon behavior and intelligence so that we can better coexist alongside raccoons um, in urban environments. Uh, because they do appear to be, at least some of them, appear to be pretty smart in that there have been stories of people saying they've figured out how to open the sliding glass door. Uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've opened a box of crackers and they're just sit- sitting there eating them. They, they know uh, where to get food from. So it seems like they, they, they are, are, are the smarter, perhaps, of their, of their uh, group. Yeah, they are definitely intelligent. And I'd say for us as uh, animal cognition researchers, that makes it so exciting to be able to get to study with them. And it's such a privilege to be able to work with an animal that is so intelligent, um, even though that sometimes (laughs) makes them (laughs) maybe a little bit annoying to us (laughs) breaking into our homes and things like that. Um, So when we say that you are looking for volunteers and you need their backyards, why do you need the backyards or what specifically do you need from people? Yeah, um, really, we just need the space um, and we will come out. uh, First, I do uh, do a site visit, make sure that the site is appropriate, um, set up some uh, some motion activated, you know, like trail cameras so we can see uh, roughly how many raccoons might be coming through. Um, And then we set up some humane traps in order to capture the raccoons. Um, They're released the same day. Um, But we, we do that in order to give them a microchip, just like your dog or cat might have. And so that way, that allows us to, after we release them, um, in a, you know, after a couple hours, we release them. And then that allows us to actually um, uh, identify those raccoons individually in the future. And we can see how they're performing after I set up, you know, some different cognitive testing devices, ideally in the yard. Um, hopefully, the raccoons come back and decide to interact with those things. Um, and we can actually get individual um, um, measurements on how they're performing in these cognitive tasks. 
Uh, there were some stories, I think it was just last week, uh, about a particular, it was a neighbourhood in Kitsilano where people had been attacked by raccoons, their dogs had been attacked. Is that the kind of thing too that you would know? I mean, hopefully we're not talking about people being attacked, but we would perhaps understand better why a raccoon might act that way? Definitely, yeah. And of course, I, I feel for everybody involved in that situation and hope everybody is, is doing okay now. Um, I have dogs myself, so I know that that's quite a, a scary and tragic incident. But um, yeah, exactly. I, we, we don't really have much data in terms of why those those types of incidents happen, what can be done to prevent them, um, and, and what potentially human behaviors might be, um, you know, maybe aggravating the, the raccoons and that sort of thing. So definitely uh, a need for us to to get a better understanding of why those behaviors are occurring. So if this all goes as planned and you get the backyards and you're able to trap the raccoons, microchip them, do you set up different things then in those yards in hopes they come back and that's how you can test what they're doing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we set up different um, devices that are, of course, designed to be safe for the raccoons. Um, and uh, a lot of that, one of them is like a, a smart feeder so that um, we can we can cap it um, at the number of food rewards and, and assign different raccoons um, to to a smart feeder. And hopefully they will come back and interact with those things. And um, that allows us to measure their cognitive ability. And just kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. So we, we know that they're smart enough to open things and they know where the food is. So, But do you anticipate that maybe through this research, you'll be able to find out things that uh, maybe they're smarter than we thought or they have abilities far beyond what we thought? Or maybe not. Maybe it goes the other way. But but maybe we, we find out these amazing things about these animals that we had no idea. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing with... Um, studying raccoons or animals in general, um, studying their cognition is there's so, so many unanswered questions that we don't know. Um, and we're often quite surprised. Um, maybe we shouldn't be, <laughs> but um, they often uh, uh, give us a lot of discoveries um, by what they, what they are capable of, for sure. How many volunteers are you looking for? Um, honestly, I'm looking for uh, as many as I can. Um, as you might imagine, having... Uh, Requiring the cooperation of wild raccoons for your um, science means you gotta you gotta up the ante um, in how much data you're collecting, uh, possibly collecting. So, upwards of 100 to 200 yards um, would even be uh, doable for us. And can they be anywhere, or is there a specific area where you'd like the yards to be? Yeah, they can be anywhere as long as they're within the actual city of Vancouver. So we can't have any work done um, outside of the actual city. So no metro Vancouver areas like Burnaby or Richmond or Surrey or things like that. And how long do you anticipate or do you know how long uh, if you do start microchipping the raccoons, how long you'll be following them? Yeah, um, I mean, long term, once we have them microchipped, we can follow up with them for several years. But for my specific study, I would only have, um, you know, cognitive testing devices out for a few weeks um, at the most. All right. So so not a hugely uh, intrusive operation if somebody right. does volunteer their yard. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, probably uh, barely more intrusive than having the raccoons themselves. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we have a lot of, uh, you know, data and, and stuff that we, we know the raccoons pretty quickly move on. Um, even if we are giving them food rewards for participating in our cognitive tests, they, they move on pretty quickly once they realize that the food is no longer there.
Right. And again, I know you, you've mentioned this or you, you explained this, that it's to find out more about the raccoons and their cognitive ability and, and, and how they do this. But then where do, what do you do with that research or how does that research then become, uh, become and stay valuable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I'm really interested in is sort of the interaction between humans and raccoons and how human behavior, both in how we're designing our cities, um, where we're, you know, putting up more trees or maybe you have a vacant lot, um, things like that, and how, how raccoons are, are using the city environment. Um, and that's um, all about how we're designing the city environment. And then also how um, human behavior and raccoon behavior are affecting and feeding back on one another. So are we, um, are, is the way that we're behaving um, as humans um, changing the way the raccoons behave and is the way the raccoons are behaving, is that changing the way that humans behave? Uh, where can people contact you or if they do want to be a volunteer or learn more about this, what should they do? Yeah, they should definitely check out our website. It's animalcognitionlab.org. We have a button on the front page of the website that says Get Involved. So you can find our contact information there um, and some more information about the work that we do. Hannah Griebling, thank you so much. It sounds like very interesting research. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me.